Well, good morning, everybody, and um, it's glad to be with you today, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. My name's Tim, and uh, again, glad you could be here. Um, we're starting a new series today called uh, The New Normal, and um, what I want to talk about a little bit is what does that really, how does that play a part? You hear that word new normal getting kicked around a lot right now uh, uh, on the news and and in conversation you got to admit, COVID-19 has changed America. It's in the process of still making some changes. Uh, everything from education to our recreation. You're noticing business models are beginning to change, as well as churches on how they're going to communicate uh, to the to the public, to their to their company, to the masses, to their congregation. I know many of you may have caught yourself asking, "What's it going to be like?" in the post-pandemic world. I mean, what, what's new normal going to look like? And I've heard somebody say the other day, uh, I can't wait for it to get back to, to normal. Folks, normal has left the building. That's not happening. No, it's, it's going to change. Uh, things are going to change. What is a new normal? Well, it's about change. Uh, a new normal, here's how I'm defining it for you. A new normal is when something alters the way you live for the rest of your life. Now, when you stop and think about it now, new normals aren't really that new. They're constantly uh, introduced in our lifetime. I got to thinking, what causes some of those new normals in our life? Well, let me give you a list here. First is technology. You think about it, everything from the wheel to the web has adjusted life uh, in, in our world. Um, years ago, years ago, if you want to take a selfie, you take a digital camera like this, and and we take a selfie, click click, and then you would uh, have to take the the media card out. It shows you how old this one is. Stick it in a computer, download that to see and and, and uh, print the picture out. Today, it's nothing like that at all. That was just ten years ago, folks. Ten years ago, that's the way life was. Remember when Netflix used to send you. DVDs, and then you'd watch them and put them in the bell box, and then they'd send you three more, and that's gone as well. You know, your mom's, your your mom and your dad, what they did in their lifetime, uh, is totally different than now. Now we have smartphones, and uh, it's changed everything. It's it's adjusted our life. Now you see more families with their noses to a screen than talking to one another. It just changes things. It's a new normal. Uh, medical breakthroughs have an impact on the way we live for the rest, you know, forever. Uh, from vaccines to cures. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I remember we got shots at school, and one of the things they, you know, they had was things for smallpox and polio. Uh, we've literally wiped them off the planet because of a cure. Surgical techniques have also done this. People are living longer and better because of that. Not only do, uh, don't, not only do uh, medical breakthroughs do this uh, and give us new normals, historical events will do the same thing. Elections do that, wars, the economy, just a shift in the economy, Tr uh, terrorism like 9-11, and pandemics like the one we're going through now. Pandemics have come and gone. This, will, this was, isn't the first one and it won't be the last one. But with each one and with each historical event, life has adjusted a little bit more, uh, a, little, a little differently to a new normal. 
Personally, though, I think about personal milestones that change our lives forever. From preschool to puberty, to, our, to, to your first kiss, your first car, your first job. Um, marriage changes, turns into a new normal. You can't think of just yourself anymore. You have to think of two. Children play a big part in a new normal. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Grandchildren do the same thing. Or you get a promotion at work and it changes your life. It changes uh, your routine and even retirement. All these little milestones uh, create new normals in our life. Also, personal hardships can do the same thing. We can, a major failure, uh, a disease, it alters how we how we live, how we carry on. And even a death of a loved one or a friend or a family, that space creates a new normal. And okay, now what do I do now that they're gone? A new normal, a new normal can come from just an idea. For example, let's get a dog. And tell me if that doesn't change your routine up some. No, all these things, they shake up and they shift our priorities, they, our plans, our values, even our behavior. Now, as you think about that this morning, as you think about the things that have changed your life over the years, I want you to know something else. God wants to make some changes in your life too. And God has some new normals he's planned for you. Look at this first passage here in Revelation chapter 21. You can get the notes of, of this uh, lesson if you'd like to follow along at greateraldenchurch.org. This is what the Bible has says in Revelation 21. John records, I heard a loud voice shout from the throne. This is God talking. God's home is now with his people. He will live with them and they'll be his own. Yes, he'll make his home among his people. He'll wipe away all tears from their eyes. Look how, look how things get different. He wipes away all tears from their eyes. There's no more death, suffering, crying, or pain. These things of the past are gone forever. Then the one sitting on the throne said this, I'm making everything new. Write down what I've said. Your words are true, or my words are true and can be trusted. He's saying, I'm coming here to earth. I'm here on earth and I'm going to change things up. Some things are never going to be the same. Some of the old things are going to be gone forever. I'm bringing something new. The word new here is interesting. It's uh, the, the Greek word kahinos. And it doesn't just necessarily mean something like out of the box that you get at the store that's new in that sense. But it's also talking about of a new kind. He's talking about something that's not the same. It's a new way. He's talking about a new life. And I want you to know this morning that God is here on this earth. He's here in your life. He passes through your life, working everything, the good and the bad, historical events, the changes, technology, whatever your whatever ideas you're, you're facing. He's using all those to bring out a new normal, a new life in you. Look at the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared. A new way of living has come into existence. You see, when you trust the Lord, you should expect some changes. Because life never is the same when you trust the Lord.
It's like being on a journey, on a journey that involves leaving the old and living in the new. It's constantly happening. Now, I was looking for an example of this in the scriptures, and I found one found in Mark uh, chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. I'd like to read that with you all. Again, Mark chapter 6. Reading out of the NIV. Um, let me find it here. I'm trying to find it. Book Mark 10. There we go. Go to Mark 10. There we go. Yeah, I thought I'd. There it is. It says, Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called him to the, to, called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. It's in this story we see a man whose life drastically changes to a new normal. Now, I wanted to give you a little background on this. Bartimaeus lives in Jericho, and Jericho is famous for the power of God being displayed. If you remember, Joshua and the army of, of Israel marched around Jericho, and when they did, the walls, like the song says, came tumbling down. Uh, they didn't even have to fire a shot. God's power was displayed. But the city is also known for its beauty especially the, the beauty in springtime, the flowers and the trees. Now, Bartimaeus is blind, and all he has are memories of flowers. Most believe he wasn't born blind, that he something happened and he was, became blind. And that was a common thing during the time of Christ. Blindness was a common problem. And so he's, he, all he has are these memories, and all he can do now is beg and depend on others. I found something interesting as I was looking at this. There's the, the Bible records this story in three different Gospels, in Matthew, in Luke, and in Mark. In Matthew, the Bible says they were leaving Jericho when they ran into two blind men. Luke says they were approaching Jericho when they ran into Barnabas. How can this be reconciled? Well, Jericho is a city that's in two parts. There's the old part of the city, and then there's the new part of the city. Kind of like uh, Alton or Edwardsville, you've got old downtown, and then you've got new uptown or new downtown, the new part where all the cool restaurants are and all the newest things are. And it's in this space between the old and the new that Jesus passes by Bartimaeus, and he opens his eyes and helps him he helps him leave this old life behind and to experience a new life, a new normal. Now this morning, everybody, every one of us 
We're between something old and something new. Right now, you and I are living between some old normal habits and some new ones that are about to develop. And between uh, where you are now and where you lie ahead, Jesus is present. And he wants you to experience something new. He wants to take you from something old into a new life, to experience something new called a newness of life, new creation, a new normal. Now, what can I learn about God's new normal from this passage? That's what I want to get into with you now. Well, first, let me give you three. There's three points. Here's the first one. God's new normal is about changing my condition. It's about changing my condition. You know, Barnabas hears a commotion. He's heard people walk by him for years. But this one's different. A crowd is approaching and he asks people, what's going on? Someone says, Jesus is passing by. So he begins to shout. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd, people in the crowd go, will you be quiet? Hush up. And he goes, and it's almost like he doesn't listen like a grandchild. He doesn't listen. He goes, he just cranks up the volume and he shouts even louder, asking Jesus for mercy. Why was he doing this? Why is he doing this? Well, it's because he knows no one can help him like Jesus. And the cool thing is Jesus hears him and Jesus stops to help him. And so he calls for him. And so Bartimaeus gets up, runs over to Jesus. And the Bible says here, what do you want me to do for you? He says, oh, teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. It's almost like Bartimaeus is saying, look, I'm tired. I'm tired of being blind. I've been blind for so long. I don't want bread today. I want sight. I want to see you. And so Jesus says to him, all right, it's done. Your faith has healed you. And the Bible says, and instantly the blind man could see. I want you to imagine for me for a moment here. Imagine every day is darkness. No sunrises. You don't see stars. There are no more trees or flowers to see. There are no faces, family or friends. You can't see them. No colors. Normal for you is groping around, trying to find your way. Then suddenly that all changes. Something happens. The old predictable routine is disturbed by something new. You can see now. I mean, how would you feel? Imagine Bartimaeus, how he's feeling. Let me ask you this morning. What would you say is your condition this morning? How are you doing? What has become old and routine? What are you tired of and you'd like to see change? Well, I want you to know this morning, you know your condition and so does God. And he cares about that condition. And listen, he will stop. He'll stop for you too. He wants you to experience something new. And if you'll call out for his help, you'll experience his power. You'll experience his love. When you trust him, he promises, God promises this. Things will never be the same if you'll trust me. 
mean, look what happens. Look at some of the passages here I want to show you. When you trust the Lord, look what, what changes take place. Your condition changes. Ephesians 2, Paul reminded the church there, but now, it says, now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He says, one day, one, at one time, you were so far away, so disconnected, not anymore. No, this new normal involves you being close to God. And it's come through Jesus. He made that possible. He changed your condition by his death on the cross. Look at what Peter says. Once you were less than nothing. You were useless. Less than nothing. Now you are God's own. Once there was a time, he says, you knew very little of God's kindness. But now your very lives have been changed by it. And look what he says here in 1 Corinthians 6. After Paul talks about who is not going to be in heaven, he makes a big list. Swindlers, idolaters, uh, uh, thieves, you know, um, drunkards. He names all this list. And then he says this to this church. And that's what some of you were. You used to have that condition. You don't have that anymore. How well, how's that, how's that take place? You were washed. In other words, you were cleansed. You were sanctified. God took you out of there and set you apart for something special. And it says there, you were justified. Justified means just as if I'd never done anything wrong. God justified you. And it was in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of your God that that took place. You see this new normal that God wants you to have. He wants to change your condition. He don't want you to feel distant from God. You don't have to feel far away from God. He wants to bring you in close. He wants you to be, for God to be your closest friend. He wants you to experience not, not the shame and the guilt, but his love and forgiveness. And he wants to, he changes that and he wants to give a fresh start to you. And that's what a new normal is about. It's about God changing your condition from being useless to useful. From, from a life of meaningless, being meaningful, filled with purpose. So that's the first thing I notice about this. That God's norm, no, new normal is about changing my condition, your condition. The second thing I think is exciting is God's new normal is about changing your choices. I got to think of this is no ordinary day for Bartimaeus. These are not the usual people that are making their way to Jerusalem to the temple or just walking through the streets and he's walking by and or they're walking by and he's saying, you know, can I have some bread? Can I have some money? You know, you, you, um, I picture a homeless person. You know, there's basically so many people are passing him by or her by that they just hold a sign up now. Now, this crowd's different. Then it sounds different. There's a buzz in the air. Look what the Bible says here in Luke 18, as Luke records the same story. When he heard the people coming down the road, he asked, what's happening? And they told him, Jesus from Nazareth is, is, Nazareth is going by. The blind man cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The people leading the group warned the blind man to be quiet. But the blind man shouted even more. Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, Barnabas realizes this isn't just somebody that's passing by and he'll never, you know, 
that's that doesn't notice him. He notices this is this is the Messiah. He's heard about Jesus. He knows what Jesus Jesus is capable of, and so he chooses not to say alms, you know, give me some money, and talk in the same old drum, same old normal talk. No, he's shouting, Jesus, Son of David, come to have mercy on me. He's begging God. He's pleading for Jesus to come. You see. He, Bartimaeus realizes not only can Jesus help him, he realizes he plays a part in whether or not he's going to get better or not, if things are going to change. And instead of sitting around like he always does, asking for food, he chooses to get louder. He chooses to be persistent. He, he, don't, he doesn't care what these people think and what, they're, what they say or what they're going to do. He shouts over them. He is going to get the Lord's attention because he knows that Jesus is the one that can help him. Listen, if you want to want a new normal, it's not going to happen all by itself. God's not going to drop a new normal in your lap. There's a lot of people that are going through this COVID virus that have no intention of changing anything. Well, I hope you don't make the same mistake when Jesus is trying to change you, when he shakes you up, because the new normal he has for you goes beyond wearing a mask and six feet. It transforms your life. And I just notice here, you know, that, that, that this guy, he does more than just says a couple of words. He keeps asking. He keeps going after this. And he won't stop until he gets God's attention. And by the way, he gets it too. He gets the Lord's attention. Psalms 31, David said this. In my distress, I said... God can't see me. In other words, he's saying, I don't even know if God even notices me. And then he realizes, but you heard my prayer when I cried out to you for help. David goes, you heard me. Even when I didn't know you noticed, you heard me. And I want to tell you, you may think God's not noticing. The nerve of Jesus walking by this blind man. That's what I thought about. Though why did he? Oh, he wanted, he wanted to hear Bartimaeus cry for him. He knew that Bartimaeus was desperate now. He wanted it to change so bad he was ready to ask for some help. And so when Bartimaeus shouts and he doesn't stop, he keeps going. He keeps at it. He chooses to be persistent, folks. And you've got to choose to be persistent. You've got to choose to keep asking. Even when every discouraging part of your body says stop, you keep you keep asking God why. He rewards persistence. Here's a psalm that I found that's not on the screen. David just, or the psalmist says this, I call on the name of the Lord and he answers me. What a great promise and what a great, great thing the Bible says. God listens. But, but Bartimaeus makes another choice. Not only is he pleading and is he asking for God. And we, listen, God needs to hear us asking. He also makes another choice. He responds to God's call. Look what it says here. When Jesus heard him, he stopped there in the road and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. You lucky fellow, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Barnabas yanked off his coat, his old coat, and flung it aside, jumping up, and came to Jesus. When Jesus calls, I notice Barnabas, he steps boldly with his faith. He doesn't sat there for a second. He doesn't hesitate. 
He throws off, listen, he throws off something old, his old coat. And he jumps up and I can picture him running to Jesus. And if you want to experience a new normal from God, the kind of new normal that's waiting for you, don't him haw around, folks. No, choose to obey the Lord. Psalms 119, 145 of the message says this. David said, I call out at the top of my lungs. God, answer. I'll do whatever you say. And look at this one in verse 60. I hurry to keep your commands. I never put it off. See, look, as long as you drag your feet, things are going to stay the same. As long as you put things off, you can kiss that normal, that new normal goodbye. You're going to be stuck. Let me ask you, what are you putting off? You putting something off? I remember, I remember years ago when I was putting off giving my life to Christ. My wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, Denise, we were studying the Bible together. I mean, can you imagine? Here I am, you know. I'm uh, 17, 16, 17, 18 years old. And, uh, and we're going out on a date together to the drive-in movie. I'm looking over at all the other cars of all the other teenage couples together. And they're having a good time, if you know what I mean. Guess what I'm doing in this car? We're having a Bible study. Talk about killing a romantic moment. That's how it felt. And she's going, Tim, look at this passage. Look at this passage. I don't want to look at this passage. I want to hug and kiss. And she said, look at the passage. And I'm looking at it. And, she, and that's what, what, the way it was. She would show me these verses and show me how God feels about me and show me what the Bible said to do to be saved. And I, boy, I would drag my feet. I'd stick my heels in the dirt and say, no way, I am not moving. This went on for two years. And finally, I'm at a workshop in Williamstown, West Virginia. And there's a, I, Pat Casey is a preacher at the time, was preaching. I don't even know what he's preaching about because I felt like the Holy Spirit was really convicting my heart. I knew I needed to do something that night. I needed to be baptized. And I remember thinking, how am I going to get from here to there without anybody seeing me? And they're singing just as I am. And I look over and I notice that everybody between me and Mike Napier, who was the preacher at our church, had left and already responded. Denise had already responded to the invitation. And here I am, wrestling. I look down, I see Mike Napier, and he has got his head down. He is praying about, I don't know, what is he praying about? Mike later would tell me, because Tim, I was praying, God, you got to move Tim. You've got to move him. And he said, Tim, and I went, God, move him right now. And when I looked over, you started walking. And that's exactly, I remember, I finally went, I got to do this. Jeff Edson looks over at me. He's standing next to me. He goes, Tim, why don't we do this? And that's when we, we took off. And I looked, I remember looking at Jeff saying, I'm ready, Jeff. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running. You know, when you hesitate to obey the Lord, all you're going to be is miserable. I'm asking you, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? from a new normal that God has planned for you. Here's the third thing. God's new normal is about changing my calling, about changing my purpose in life. You know, if you ask Bartimaeus, uh, what are you here for? What are you going to be doing today? 
he'd probably say something like this. Well, I'm here to try to get some money. I'm here to try to get something to eat. His life, his normal life was kind of day to day. And so that was really all was his focus. His purpose was, I got to get out there and I got to ask people, hundreds of people. Most of them will say no. Hopefully somebody will say yes for a crumb, for an alm, for something so I can survive. You look at that, you might go, man, that's, that's, that's awful. Well, but let me tell you something. You'd be surprised how many people today have a similar purpose. They're mostly about money, about buying things, about getting more. They're mostly about the next step up the ladder of success. They're, they're about, I want happiness. Every day, they're after that. And if their routine is jostled or disrupted in any way, they don't know how to handle it. Believe me, folks, I've had one of those weeks, I don't know how to handle it. It's the American dream is what we're after, see? They're so self-absorbed. Listen, I see this all the time. People so self-absorbed that they turn a blind eye to the things of God because their focus is on the things of men. And see, when Bartimaeus's eyes are opened, he, for the first time, sees Jesus and with it, he sees a bigger and a better purpose. It's no longer day by day. It's eternal. Look what the Bible says here. When his eyes opened, look what he did. At once the man was able to see and he followed Jesus. He followed Jesus. Thanking God. He's grateful. Absolutely. Wouldn't you be? Got your eyesight back? Oh, yeah, I'd be grateful. I know people that were healed by Jesus that were grateful but never followed him. This guy, he decides to follow Jesus. And look, all the people who saw this praise God too. I picture in my mind an old ragged coat lying on the ground. Bartimaeus has forgotten all about it. He's left it there. I don't know if he left it by mistake or left it because of a purpose. But he's caught up in something else now. And with that coat, he leaves his past. He leaves his old, same old routine. He leaves his darkness. His old life is behind him now. The same old, same old is behind him. He sees more clearly now. And what he sees more clearly now is his purpose. He will never be the same again. He sees a new calling and he follows Jesus. I was reading, uh, I don't know which commentary, wondering why Matthew, when he records of two blind beggars, the other two Gospels record the name of one of them. We don't have evidence that the other beggar followed Jesus. But Bartimaeus did. And it's possible, it looks like, you know, that Luke and Mark, they, they, they knew, they got to know Bartimaeus because he followed with them. Bartimaeus joined the mission of Jesus. 
And so as he's following Jesus, he's not only learning about the love of God like never before, his eyes are being totally opened by that, but he's also seeing the character of Christ, what's important to Jesus, and he's incorporating that as well. He's caught up in the mission of Jesus. His calling has changed. And God wants to change your calling too. You see, you're not here on this earth just to raise a good family. I know how I hear people say, well, you know, I want to take care of my family. And yes, you should take care of your family. But the greatest way you take care of your family, listen to me, you want to take care of your family? There better be some eternal principles planted in the minds of those children in that spouse. There better be the gems, the jewels and gems and the currency of eternity. Somehow they have, you give them. Because if they just go out to earn and get and die, you have wasted their life. They have wasted their life. No, Bartimaeus has caught something else. You know, does he still shout? Oh, yeah. But he's not shouting for bread. He's shouting from praise. Is he still talk? He's still calling on the Lord? Absolutely. But you know what else he's doing? He's calling on others to follow Christ. What are you here for? What will you be here for? If you're having trouble figuring that out, you see, your normal right now is being determined by the purpose that you have, the reason you think you're here. And God wants to transform that. He wants to change that. And he'll use anything that happens to you, anything that happens in this world to get your attention, to open your eyes, to see this new precious life he's been waiting for you to experience how do I find it you need to look down deep not deep inside but look to Jesus and he'll help you look what the Bible says here as we as we close we look at the Sun and see God's original purpose and everything created everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him you want to find your purpose Open your eyes, start looking to Jesus. Call out to Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Respond to Jesus. Jesus, obey Jesus. Look at this, it says here in Ephesians 1. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. That's what Barnabas experienced. That's what he discovered. Long before we first heard of Christ or got our hopes up, in other words, during the old life, during the old normal, he had his eye on us, had designs for us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. Is that awesome? As we close, let me just ask you something. What will you do as Jesus passes by? Because he's passing by. He passes by all the time. Each time you gather with other believers, each time you pray, every time you open your Bible, Jesus is passing by. When you take the Lord's Supper, when you hear a sermon, 
Each time you have a spiritual thought, the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. You know that's Jesus passing by? And every wedding and funeral you attend, when you're afraid, when you're overwhelmed, when you think you can't go any further, when you feel so shameful, so guilt, so filled with guilt and shame, he's passing by. He closely passes by every morning and he'll pass by again just before you go to bed. And he's passing between, listen, <laughs> he's passing between the old and the new, your old life and your new life. <laughs> Why? Why does he do that? Why does he pass by you and I so much? Why does he visit you and I so often? He wants you to leave that old life. He has a new life in store for you. And he's saying, you follow me and we'll leave the old and we'll enter the new. Are you crying out to him? How often have you cried out for him for that? How often have you let the crowd keep you from crying out for that to him? Let me ask you, will indifference, will indifference rob you of an opportunity when Jesus passes by? Because folks, Jesus never came to Jericho again. And one day he's going to pass by for the last time. What will you do? I beg you, call on him. Call on him now and let him start developing a new normal, a new life in you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for coming and changing everything. Thank you for sending your son who saw the condition of mankind, who saw our condition, my condition, and would step into this broken, busted, messed up, screwed up world and try to set it straight, try to and try and provides, succeeded in providing a way out of an old broken down city to your eternal city. Father, thank you for taking away sin, washing away sin, making that possible for anyone can be forgiven. Anyone can start a new life if they'll just trust you and begin to follow you. Father, I think about who right now is listening and watching that is hesitant, like they're holding back. They're, they're putting something off they know they need to do. Is it a baptism, Father? They, they know what they need to do. They just never have been baptized. They've, maybe it's surrendered. They just never have made that surrender and said, look, I'm gonna surrender and get baptized. Father, would you help them throw off the old attitude, the old, the stubbornness, the old pride that is just going to keep them down and help them jump up and run to your commands and just do whatever you say. Father, for some of us here who've been Christians, I wonder if we've forgotten our purpose, we've forgotten our calling. And Father, I pray that you'll renew and open our eyes to your calling again. Help us open our eyes and focus on you, the author and perfecter of our faith, who 
as we watch you, your, your son Jesus, we see him endure the cross because of the joy set before him. And that joy was to see others saved. Help us embrace that mission. Father, help us embrace your new normal. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.